Hello. Hello. Welcome to Pickles and Peaches, the podcast. I like how you just, you, you already knew. I knew that it was going to pop. And then you just held it. the mic back. You're like, no, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to do this for the people. I'm not editing this out. I'm not. I'm just going to move the microwave. <laughs> I was going to say microwave then. Microwave? Microwave. Is microwave, microwaveable microphone? Is microwave an onomatopoeia? That's the real question. What? An onomatopoeia is a word that is the noise. So like bang or oh. pop. So is microwave an onomatopoeia? Microwave. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I learned in English class. Oh, onomatopoeia. 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 Yeah. So there you go. Welcome to uh, English with B. <laughs> but um, yes, it has been three weeks since we've recorded. Sorry, I've I've been really, really, really crook. But you can probably hear that I'm still not 100%. So it'll probably cut in and out when we go through the editing process for when I have a coughing fit. <laughs> Unless, of course, that's your thing and you want to hear me cough, it's, then you're weird. It's um like virus ASMR. Mm. <laughs> I got the black lung, pop. Now I'm going to sneeze into And then ears. my cat is sitting on top of my lap. Yes. As we do this, wanting pats, so you'll probably Luna is a hear. pat slut, so she just wants to <sighs> be all up in it. So if you hear purring, it's not corny. <laughs> not today. Not today. Oh, fuck. <laughs> So for that uh, mild intermission, because I <laughs> the feedback on our thing. Anyway, we cut we cut out some of um Courtney's coughing. So yeah, sorry, it's one hundred percent that. It yeah, that's what it is. She was um coughing up a lung. Mm-hmm. So all right, today's episode is my favorite topic in the whole wide world. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm the one that Courtney knows fuck all about. Yes, so we're doing sport, and so. Obviously, more specifically, women in sport and sport issues regarding women. So, to start off with, sport is like a massive part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was in year 10, I got really into football um, because there was – the boys in my class were talking about Sir Doug Nichols' round in the AFL, which is the Indigenous round. Right. And so, I was like, what's this? And so, I looked into it and every club has like an Indigenous Guernsey that's um, designed by someone in their club community – who is Indigenous, they do these massive like performances and there's this thing called the Dreamtime of the G. And Dreamtime of the G is uh, Essendon and Richmond mm-hmm. every year. It's at the MCG, obviously, um, and they turn off all the lights and they do these massive performances and they do like a war dance. And like oh, wow. this year, Sydney Stack from Richmond actually did the war dance with the performers before he played a game of football. Do they record that? Yeah. To yeah. show on TV? Yeah, it's on TV. Oh, yeah. wow. It's one of the games like um, Dreamtime of the G and like Anzac Day and there's a couple others that are always, always shown on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of – every single AFL game is recorded but not every one of them is free to air. So you have to have fo- like watch them on Foxtel depending on where you live. Yeah. And but, AFL, by the way, for those listening overseas, Australian Football League. Yes. As Aussie rules, it is the weirdest sport you've ever seen. And every person who I show it to who's not from Australia <laughs> thinks it is the weirdest thing. It, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'll give you that, actually. There's a lot going on. There like, is. You don't wear helmets or pads. It's like, no. And we go through the air and we fly and we keep. Well, it's like we- showing cricket to an American. Because obviously they've got baseball over there, which is huge. And then they're just like, they... Hmm. Well, you know why they don't have cricket? Why? Because of the whole, like, independence thing. 
Because huh. cricket's like the the great colonizer. Like mm-hmm. so, they used to use um, cricket to in the countries that were colonized by Britain to like civilize the natives. Yeah, and so like in India, the, one of the great stories of what happened with cricket was that. Britain came over and obviously they colonized India and then they were, they introduced cricket and they were trying to play cricket with them and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. India got so good at cricket. I was just about to say. They beat England. So when that was like a big moment for India, that's when it became like their sport is because they beat the colonizers at their own game. Hmm. And so cricket is actually one of the sports I'm going to talk about today. Okay. Um, in the women's sense, but. So I have my notes because I'm super organized. Um, so sport is a massive part of culture. It has a power to change attitudes and well-being. It is the great equalizer. So all can come to a game and be equals. Obviously, there's like more in theory. Like yeah. That's more in theory than in practice because like say at the school that I work at, they have like a strength conditioning coach. So mm-hmm. obviously, they're going to come up against girls who don't have that coach in yeah. their school and, you know, hopefully perform better. Yeah. But women have always played sport. But it's just within like the last few decades that people have actually started giving a shit. Mm-hmm. So here's some fun facts to start off from um, a- according to feminist.org. Women and girls who participate in sports have higher grades than students who don't. They have lower dropout rates, lower pregnancy rates, are less likely to use drugs and are more likely to graduate college. Um, and they learn skills, obviously, that you can carry through your life, like mm-hmm. teamwork and sacrifice and how to lose um, like my girls did on Thursday in our grand final. Like if you cried. But well done. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it was a really stressful day. Anyway, we made it, so it's fine. We'll live. Um, so campaigns such as Girls Make Your Move and Suncorp Team Girls have mm-hmm. encouraged uh, more and more girls and women to participate in sport and physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so Girls Make Your Move is like a government campaign. It's just pretty much like girls play something, do mm-hmm. something um, with your friends. It's a big thing. And then Team Girls is – more so netball, but it's yep. also keeping girls in sport. So today I'm mostly going to focus on Aussie rules football and netball because those are the sports that are closest to my heart. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to talk about soccer, basketball, cricket, and tennis because these are the areas that have been like super successful in creating a platform for women to play sport. Yeah. So there's still some challenges, obviously. Cricket Australia is actually been one of the leaders in um, gender equality. Mm-hmm. So... Firstly, last year they made an announcement that their national teams will be referred to as the Australian women's cricket team and the Australian men's cricket team. Right. So they don't have the Australian cricket team and then the Australian women's. Like they are the men's and the women's and all media have had to um, change go by that, that yeah. since then. Um, they also pledged equal prize money in the T20 tournaments mm-hmm. um, and they're standalone competitions. So even though like women's cricket tends to be like the opening or um, a bonus or at a small mm-hmm. oval for the T20 competitions, they're both standalone competitions with equal prize money. Right. Um, and also I have a friend whose older sister plays for the Adelaide Strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that they have been pledged equal pay in the big bash to the men's. Um, and they have actually pretty much held up that, that end of the bargain so far. So Cricket Australia is doing a good job. Um, so did you hear that bird? Yes. The <laughs> bird, <laughs> uh, it's spring now. Yeah, so it's, 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 um, it's Australia. Australia. Australia, mate. It was hot yesterday and now it's fucking cold again. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. Climate change. <laughs> We're all going to die. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about AFLW. This mm-hmm. is, I'm probably going to cry with excitement and okay. you're probably going to be like, 
B. What the fuck is wrong with you? So no, you, it's okay. It's fine. We, it, we all get passionate about our own thing. I'll let you have this. In 2016, the AFLW was announced. Right. So they announced an eight-team competition. Adelaide Crows, Western Bulldogs, Melbourne Demons, uh, Fremantle Dockers, Brisbane Lions, Carlton Blues, and the Collingwood Magpies. Question. Mm-hmm. So how you said Adelaide Crows. So, for instance, South Australia has two teams, mm-hmm. um, the Crows and Port Adelaide. Was there any sort of gripe about that? So pretty much you could apply for a license. Right. So Port were originally going to apply for a license with mm-hmm. Aaron Phillips, who ended up captaining the Crows as their marquee number one player. Yeah. What happened, though, is that Port decided that they were going to go and focus on the China game and also on their Indigenous programs. Okay. So they have a massive Indigenous program with the Power Cup. Mm-hmm. So they decided that they were going to pull out of the license bid because they were going to focus on their Indigenous programs mm-hmm. and their China game. So the Crows ended up getting one. Um, then there was also Richmond, Gold Coast, Richmond, Gold Coast, Geelong, Saints and West Coast all put in a bid and North Melbourne, did I say that, put in a bid for a um, license and they mm-hmm. were refused, but they were offered license when there was an expansion right so so um, they'll see how it went first mm-hmm. and then if it got as big as what they had anticipated or better yeah then well the thing was that the, the talent pool was quite small when the aflw was brought in so they right. wanted to keep it small so that they could get enough players for it mm-hmm. to be an elite competition yeah um then as the next year came they added three more no two more teams so they added Geelong and um, North Melbourne and now next year Geelong, Saints, Eagles, Tigers, Gold Coast, everyone, all of those teams that had a bid Mm -hmm. are going to be in it. The only teams that are now not in it, Port, Sydney, Hawthorne Mm -hmm. and there's one other. I wonder how much. the The Giants are in it as well. I wonder how much a license would be. I, don't, know? I have no idea. All I know is that they were really keen on making it happen. And right. Cotton On supplies all of the uniforms, so they're making big bucks. All Yay. of them. Like every single – like normally a club will have like um, a brand partner mm. to design it, but the AFLW is completely done by Cotton On. So all of their game kits, everything is Cotton On. Plus they have Geelong Cats um, deal as well with the men's team. So they're making oh, big money out of that one. No joke. But that means that all the clothes are more aimed at women as well. Yeah. Yes. So as of next season, all those teams will be in the comp. I forgot the Giants as well. They're also there. But yeah, I think it's, yeah, just Hawthorne. It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, <clears throat> the first game was played by traditional club rivals Carlton and Collingwood. It was scheduled at Prince's Park, which is Carlton's home ground, which you might know from where mm-hmm. Urias' Dixon was murdered. Yeah. Um, but it was scheduled on Friday the uh, 3rd of February. It had already been moved from another oval because there was fears that it was going to be too small. So right. they moved it to Prince's Park. They're like, yep, that's fine. So as the build-up happens, the girls who spent their entire lives wishing for this day are now about to make history in, like, our big sport. Mm-hmm. They went through the preseason. They had a draft. They had, like, everything was building up to this. Um, the girls warm up and then they come out onto the ground. How many people do you think were there? 200,000. How many people do you think can fit in the... 300,000. I'll give you... All right. 
this is a local ground. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's not massive. Right. So we're not talking like it's Adelaide not, Oval. No, no, no. And even that's only 50,000. Really? Mm-hmm. Maximum is 56. I'm going to appear like a right dick. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry. <laughs> there was 24,568 people there. Dang. And that they weren't expecting that at all. In fact, the AFL CEO, Gil McLaughlin, had to go outside the grounds and tell oh, people to go away. that's that one. I remember hearing about mm-hmm. that. It was yep. a lockout. People were sitting on the, like, the stairs. The fire marshal had to stop people from coming in. Because that's amazing. On the stairs. Like it was ridiculous because it was a non-ticketed game. It was the uh, first game. They still don't ticket those games, by the way. Um, so then how are the players making money? That's the thing, that sponsorship, which we will get into. Because okay. the first year, I think the marquee players, there was like four marquee players. They were making like 15 grand. And then like it was like eight grand and then like five grand for a season. Now it's a little bit more. I think marquee players make like – they like they have different lists. But I think the lowest they get paid is like 12 grand now for a and season. And if you're a male in AFL? You could be on a million dollars depending on how good you are. <laughs> and do these women, I'm sure, have full-time jobs yes. as well? Yes. Uh, I will mention Steph Chiocchi. She's the captain of Collingwood. She's a full-time PE teacher at a private school. Um, there's also a doctor who plays played for the Bulldogs and now plays for the Gold Coast. Um, so she's a full-time – doctor uh the captain of uh melbourne she was a midwife up until she got her job as a journalist with the afl but they all have full-time jobs completely any mums yes yeah, uh, they would be. daisy pierce the one i just mentioned she now had just had twins she'll be playing next uh, she'll be the first aflw player to ever have a child while still in season um and then there's like a few girls who actually have had children Dang. previous previous to playing so um Steph Chiocchi said that when she came out that the first ball up she realized she couldn't hear anyone so like all of the girls had gone from playing in front of like 700 people mm-hmm. um so the record that they'd had was 7,000 at a mark like at a, a exhibition game yeah she couldn't hear anyone they were like <laughs> Luna is currently licking Courtney's <laughs> like I don't want to put her outside because it's cold, but just get off me. <laughs> Honestly. She's like, no. I'm my black say. pants are just covered <laughs> in freaking fur now. Oh, God. All right. So the moment this ball up happened, the guy, the commentator was like, welcome to AFL women's. The siren went, the ball went up and the crowd just screamed. It was just 24,000 people just screaming it was this it was just insane and I remember watching it on tv and being like holy shit this is happening and I cried I'm pretty sure I cried because I was like I can't I couldn't believe that this was actually yeah. happening um I watched it when I was writing these notes and I definitely cried then um what what do you think was the biggest comment that came out of the AFLW to start off with uh from a male just in general Oh, I didn't realise that women could actually play. It was actually, thank fuck, the footy starts two months earlier. People were just chuffed that there was footy on earlier than at March. And then it came in with the why the fuck do we need a women's league? Oh, my God, they can actually play. But then it was like they're not as good as the men. It's like obviously this is the first year. The talent pool since like that to now in three years it's just gone through the roof. 
Like these girls are insane now. Like the, at the start, they didn't have the funding or the, even mm-hmm. the opportunity. In three years time, there's, it's completely changed. The girl who was considered the best player in the first season has now been delisted because she's nowhere near as good as the others. Wow. Yeah. Some of them have maintained like yeah. the high intensity, but one of them that was considered like with one of the top, she got delisted this year. Dang. So it's like there's the, the competition and there was a 90% increase in girls playing AFL. 90%. That's amazing. It's insane. Amazing. Um, yeah, sorry, 92%. And the South Australian Women's Football League went from having a few teams across the state playing in one league to nearly every single local club having at least one women's or girls team. Um, the Sandfall was forced to create an entirely new role mm-hmm. um, for female footy. And another thing was that the level of skill increased insanely between the first and second season. Now coming into the fourth season, if you put the girls now versus what they were in the first season, mm-hmm. it's unrecognisable. They're just inc- – when you put money into something, yeah, it just goes through the roof. Yeah. Um, so the girls obviously gone up like 92%, but they have not yet overtaken the amount of girls playing netball. So netball is still the number one sport for girls in Australia. Yeah. But I will argue this. A lot of the girls who are playing football mm-hmm. are also playing netball. Huh. So in my netball team that I coach, mm-hmm. I have girls, all of the girls play in their school football team. Oh, wow. And then some of them are runners. They play basketball. They do volleyball. They do all of these sports. Some of them do like three or four of them. So when people say like footy and netball, a lot of them are actually crossing over. And yeah. I know that in my job with football, we actively recruit from netball because a lot of girls get shut out because they're small. Whereas mm-hmm. AFL is a very like anyone can play kind of game. Yeah. So we sit there and be like, Hey, do you want to come play football? You've been told you're too short. Like come play with us. Right. And a lot of like footballers are ex netballers, ex basketballers, or yeah. still doing both. <sighs> so <laughs> I'm going to, this is, you're going to love this. So, the original rules of netball. The history of netball is pretty shady um, because there's obviously basketball. Basketball was created, um, and then there was this idea that basketball was too hard for women to play, so they wanted to make it so that it was more a um, you know a lovely game for the ladies to play. Um, I'm going to try and find it because and I'm, also stuffs up their knees in oh, the process massively with yeah. the stop starting. Yeah, netball's not a great sport if you like having um, functioning joints. But um, yeah, so basketball was considered like too manly for girls to play. Mm-hmm. So this is the rules of of netball for young ladies. Circa, uh, I don't know. It was from high school. The game will commence when a referee waves a white handkerchief. So we're talking ye oldie days. Um, this sport was started in like the 50s. So let's not like okay. consider it too. Like it became, I think the first World Cup was in 1960 something. Okay. Um, the opposing teams will walk towards each other in a ladylike manner and inquire about each other's health. <laughs> How are you today? You want your period too? Oh, go easy on her, governor. The young ladies will then put on gloves as to not dirty their hands. Oh, sweet, merciful shit. You can still wear gloves playing netball, but it's more if you've got, like, injuries or you don't want to um, cut your nails. Psoriasis. <laughs> Psoriasis. Um, 
they will th- gently throw the ball to their friends. Gently. Ladies pushing, running, sc- or scrambling will be sent off the field in disgrace. Dun, 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 dun. Take two, because Kevin came home. So we had to cut it. All right. You could hear his car pull <laughs> up in the driveway. You should have just, just stayed in the dr- in the car until we were ready for him to come inside. Yeah, exactly. Mm. God. Okay. Where was I up to? Um, this, all right. Still in the history of these rules in their ball. Should the opponent's net be too high, a request may, may be made for it to be lowered, which I wish we had for our grand final. <laughs> when a goal is scored, there will be no hysterical shouting, but the opposing captain will curtsy to the scorer. <laughs> Mate, if you had a shit house curtsy, you would be ruined. Get off the court. <laughs> Um, an interval of 30 minutes will take place whilst tea is served in the pavilion. This may be prolonged if any girl is fatigued. <laughs> you know how long they get now? Like in like local netball? Yeah. Three minutes in the first quarter, five minutes in the, um, for half time, and three minutes in the third. And how much did they get in this, sorry? 30 minutes in the middle. Oh, wow. Okay. So, the- <laughs> um, so you could have a skill in tea. <laughs> pretty, it's like cricket. Um, I said to my friend Karat, I said, any game that has a tea break in it, like a scheduled tea break, is not a sport. No. And he got very upset. At the end of the game, a taxi should be ordered for any girl who was tired. So all of them, because it's a fucking sport. (laughs) And the next day, the young lady should be given a day's holiday to recover from the exertion. They're not even allowed to run in this one. They were walking. So like, wow. <laughs> talk about micromanaging. <laughs> oh God. Okay. I love netball. The thing is, right. So this is Australian, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the high school's rules. But this is like, you know, what happened to the old should be right, mate? <laughs> it goes against everything Australian. When, the, when all the guys went off to war, all the girls were playing football in dresses. Because we're playing AFL for like a hundred years. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then they came back and they're like, get the fuck out of our clubs. Hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we're just going to go and make our own clubs. Um, but yeah, like, this netball is like one of the hardest sports to play just from the sheer amount of rules and also like just the stop and start and the physicality yeah. of it. Um, but <laughs> I love it. I love, I love netball. I think it's a fantastic sport. Yes. And I love that it belongs to girls. Yes. However, I have some issues with it. Outside of the fact that you have to wear curtsy to the to the scorer. <laughs> um, so, number one, it's not considered to be a major sport in broadcast terms. So, even though uh, Australia is number one in the world mm-hmm. um, and are only ever swapping between, like, now England, but it's always, like, England, New Zealand, Australia. And Australia and New Zealand always just, like... Right. Between the two of them. Um, mm. It's every World Cup final has been played by those two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's just the way it is. Like Australia and New Zealand fucking own this shit. Yeah. However, there's – whilst all like women's sport cop the worst broadcasting deals, mm-hmm. netball is probably copped one of the worst because um, a lot of girls play netball mm-hmm. but not many girls watch netball. Yes. So – even though we have all these girls who play it, they don't go to the games. The mm-hmm. majority of the people at the games are either like old ladies who've always been involved in netball or yeah. like 12 year old girls. They're right. always children. There's yeah. never like teens there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, 
they made a deal this year that they would show at least one game on the Saturday and mm-hmm. one game on the Sunday on Channel 9 on one of their extra channels. Mm-hmm. But everything's accessible through Telstra TV. Yeah. So you can watch it on your phone. You can, hmm. If you go to Telstra TV, you can watch it. But you can't watch every game like you can no. with football. Yeah. Um, and even that's this year. Last year you could only watch one game, mm-hmm. if that. Um, hmm. And then they made a deal with the World Cup and there was some streaming with that. So that was fine. But it, they do have the worst broadcasting. Yeah. And it's like a feedback loop. So if you don't have broadcasting, you don't have advertisers, which means you don't get money, mm. which means the money doesn't go into the sport, which means less people play it or less people yeah. get to that point. Um, the other thing is uh, people think that like, so with the AFLW, like more broadcast brought more players. So yeah. it's the same thing with netball. You want more, more broadcast, more players. But the thing about professional netball, it is not accessible. So, Netball as like a sport that you can play with your friends is very mm-hmm. accessible. You can go to any club and just join and play like social and whatever as a sport yes. itself. Fine. Anyone can play. But as a professional sport, it is not accessible at all. All the girls you see playing at state and national level, especially in South Australia, come mm-hmm. from teams, select teams from one league. That's the Adelaide Metropolitan League. So if you want to um, play for real, you mm-hmm. have to play for Odell, Garville, Matrix and the ever successful contacts. Um, those teams and that league have a monopoly on professional netball. And is that pretty much the same in every state? I'm Victoria have a slightly different structure. Mm-hmm. So like here we have a league and then our Premier League is like the top of that league. Right. Whereas in Victoria they have um, – associations mm-hmm. we have associations here but it's it's different they have associations and then they have the top team in their association all play each other mm-hmm. so we have like one league and then a top team whereas they have multiple leagues and then the top teams from all their leagues right they have a lot of clubs that are associated with football so you have in victoria there's a lot of like footy netball clubs mm-hmm. um i think it but i think it's the same in, as south australia in queensland yes um in regards to netball as well so victoria has a different system mm-hmm but in South Australia, at least, if you are playing for a professional team, you've come from the Adelaide Metropolitan um, League right. in some capacity. Yeah. Um, in academy, so they have academy games, um, then that's when they pick their girls for state teams. Mm-hmm. Like maybe one or two girls who aren't from the Metropolitan Academy will be in those teams. Right. And even then, they're from like Mount Gambier. Mm-hmm. But that's because a lot of people moved to Adelaide. Yep. to play netball and then went back to Mount Gambia to build netball there. Ah, so okay. there's, there's a lot of like accessibility issues with that. Um, so these clubs all play at one location in the city. So if you want to play there. Perry Street? No, Priceline Stadium. Oh, okay. So it's just next What's to the. What's that open door one? I don't know. That's probably, I don't know. Maybe that's volleyball. Maybe. Yeah, I think I know. Yeah, I think it's volleyball. Hmm. Um, so if you want to make, if you're a girl from Adelaide who wants to make a bigger netball, Mm -hmm. at least twice a week, you have to go to Priceline Stadium. So, and you have to start young. So let's say you have to start like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. That's pretty late. Mum and dad have got to take you into the city twice a week, once for training, once for the games. Hmm. So that's petrol. Then you've got dress, shorts, uh, socks and shoes, which you have to get specialist shoes. Plus, uh, two seasons a year and the club fees are like 200 to 400 dollars per season so that's 
two of those per year plus everything else on top plus mm-hmm. a lot of girls replace their shoes like nearly every two seasons yeah um on top of that you have to make it past trials because a lot of those clubs will take your money for trials and then not guarantee you a spot in their club oh wow yeah. so so doing it all for nothing essentially pretty much you come out you a lot of you a lot of people who are joining like the league will um trial for about three or four different clubs mm-hmm. because they'll trial for the club that they want to get into and then yep. they'll trial for the clubs that have a guarantee so right. a lot of clubs will take everyone in mm-hmm. but the like top elite clubs if you you pay your trial um fee you mm-hmm. go out and trial and they can cut you if they don't if you don't fit in there dang so if you don't start at that club from like baby level mm. you're out like so a lot of the clubs now have like dis- um there's like the marie oh, what is it called there's a shield for people with intellectual dis- disability and they mm-hmm. have state teams and stuff and so yeah. now a lot of those major teams have people with intellectual um disabilities playing netball mm-hmm. for their club um but even then the dresses that they wear are hand-me-downs from other people oh, wow. which i've noticed because they're all wearing different dresses when they're playing i'm like right no one's actually gone and bought the dresses like they've been given them um so if you want like if you want to play like club you can like you can play for local or church but scouts don't come out to local and church no so you're not going to make it and even if you do make it guess just guess how much money an australian netball diamond makes you're gonna gonna, well put it this way if the afl was 12 a year, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with about 20. To be the top of your game, the best in the world at netball, you get paid $43,000 a year, which that's is, it. that's it. That's entry level full-time work. That's about what I get paid for being part-time. Yeah. So if you spent your entire life playing netball, you're getting paid, not including sponsorships, obviously, individual sponsorships, will yeah. pay into that. But base rate from Netball Australia for each girl who's playing in the Diamonds is $43,000. Jeez. But on top of that, uh, if you are – there's also the politics and a lot of the girls – so I coached at club for a while. I had 10 girls in my team and only one of those girls did not go to an elite private school. So that also plays into it as well. Yeah. So it's a very – it's an elitist sport. In yeah. regards to its professional level. On top of that, there's only 10 girls who can sit on a bench. There's only t- 14 girls who are listed for the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Yeah. That's a really small number. Yeah. So there's all of these girls pushing for these spots. It's extremely competitive and most people never make it to no, a professional team. They and even if they do, I had a PE teacher who played for the Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. She played for two seasons with them. And then she got dropped and she's now been playing Premier League. So, like, even if you get to that point, there's no guarantee that you can stay in that because there's always someone ready to replace you. And that's... It's ruthless. It's a ruthless sport. And I love it, but I hate it at the same time. Yeah. Because it will come to no surprise that there's only been two Indigenous women to ever represent Australia in um, Neville. Mm. And only one Indigenous player listed right now. Gemma Mai Mai. Yeah. She is plays for Queensland um, Firebirds and she's not even a starting player. Right. So she's she's listed, but she usually plays in the state league. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not accessible yeah. in any way, shape or form. It's to play as like a, for community and stuff. Yeah, 100%. But if you want to get like top of your game, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's extremely difficult. Um, but on the plus side, you know, it's a good sport. Girls yeah. involved. It's all girls mostly. It's always like mums. There's a couple of dads who get really into it. There's a few netball dads that I've met who are absolutely hilarious. Hmm. Um, but that's mm. – anyway, have you heard of The Battle of the Sexes? The movie? Yes. Yes. Have you seen Steve it? Steve Carell and – what's her face? Emma Stone. That's it. Do you know the story behind it? Yes. So Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs um, – played a battle of the sexes game um, because Bobby Riggs wanted to prove that women shouldn't play tennis and hmm. Billie Jean King wanted to prove that she was better and she won in three straight sets. I didn't know that. I just knew that there was a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she was like, I don't want to play you. And he's like, yeah, you will. And she's like, all right, fuck it. So she did it and she won in three straight sets. Yeah. I'm going to watch that movie. Yeah. Is it good? She's in like... I haven't seen the movie. I know Billie Jean King. She's mm-hmm. insane. Like she always talks about like she's a massive feminist. Um, and she, yeah, it's just this, this whole thing of like, fuck you. It's just the, one of the biggest fuck yous in sport was that game. Dang. Um, I have to get that. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. I just see like some of the, um, some of the talks that she's done. She's, she's, I don't know. I just think she's fantastic. And that was in, yeah, May. That was in 73 that she did that. So that was really pushing it. Yep. Question yep. for you. Now, I know that um, there's a, a podcaster um, out there by the name of Joe Rogan. Mm. And he is heavily involved in taekwondo, I believe. He's in the UFC. Martial arts. Yeah, he's in martial yes. arts. He's a um, commentator in the UFC. Yeah. So he's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And he was talking in regards to uh, people who were born mm-hmm. male yep. entering into women's sport. Oh, okay. Yes. How do you feel? So there is a girl named Hannah, I've forgotten her last name, I think it's Martin, um, who plays AFL. Mm-hmm. So she used to play uh, handball in the men's team. Yeah. And now she's since transitioned and she plays AFL. She wants to play in the AFLW. Mm-hmm. AFL don't want her to play just yet. This is my problem with it. She plays VFLW with all of the same girls that she would be playing in the AFL. So she's been cleared by the VFL to mm-hmm. play football against these girls. She's been transitioning for years. Her hormone levels are the same that it would be females. She's obviously taller. But other than that, like there's plenty of girls who are, who were born female, mm-hmm. who are massive yeah. um, without, you know, that. So she's not really an anomaly per se, but they don't want her to play, not because she's not capable of doing it or because she's going to be too strong, but because they don't think that the AFLW is ready for it. And that's, Fair enough. And that I is disappointing. It's disappointing, but I understand. Yeah. They they said that they're just not ready for her to come in. And so it's not fair in the way that she should be able to because she's already playing these mm-hmm. same girls. But there's also a lot of people aren't ready for it. Um, she's 
a fantastic footballer. She's now playing handball for the women's team, mm-hmm. um, Australian women's team as well. Um, I think that the the biology is so grey anyway, mm. so that when it comes to trans women playing in women's sport, I think that they should be able to because there's so many different variables that come mm-hmm. with it. So like if someone's transitioned and you're doing the hormone tests and stuff to say like, okay, you've got the same hormones as like um, someone who was born female or born in a female body. So y- that's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's a woman right now who has a genetic, um, I can't remember her name. Oh my God. She's a runner. Yeah. She's genetically has high testosterone. Right. Right. She's not trans. She's just, that's just how her body is, is she's never taken anything. She's just always had this genetic testosterone. They're making her take estrogen and testosterone blockers so that she can compete. So she's naturally 100% just built like that. And that is her advantage, but they're making her take things so that she can compete. And she's currently suing, um, I think it's in South Africa about it. Because Michael Phelps has got all these genetic anomalies that make him a fantastic swimmer. Oh, I didn't know that. But people like the, people are born with these things. Mm. He hasn't done anything to make himself that way, and people see that as an advantage. But then she has more testosterone than the average girl, and she's considered that she needs to change that so it can level the playing field. She's not considered a genetic anomaly. She's considered a cheat. Dang. So there's so much gray area that comes into the the biology and a lot of people who talk about like not letting trans women or even trans men, like there was a trans boy in uh, Texas who was wrestling mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let him wrestle. Sorry. Yeah. Trans. Yeah. Trans. I think it was a boy. Yeah. Trans boy who wanted mm-hmm. to wrestle with the boys. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let him wrestle with the boys. So he wrestled the girls and beat all of them. Yeah. And so they were like, well, that's not fair. It's like, you should have let him wrestle with the boys. Yeah. Because if you think that's not fair, that a 13 year old who's on testosterone, because you think that they're female, they're obviously going to 100% be stronger than those girls because they're all going through puberty. So he beat all of them, won the championship and everyone got annoyed about it. And his mum was like, you should have let him compete with the boys. Yep. You can't tell him to compete here and then say that he should have competed. He, exactly. he wasn't allowed to. So people like, and all the people who want to say about, you know, trans people, they don't actually have any idea about science and they don't really have any idea about how biology actually mm-hmm. works. They just think man, strong woman, weak. Yeah. Joe Rogan was pretty, uh, pretty outspoken about that and he just said he doesn't agree with it in any way Mm. um that it should just be a no-go straight up well you'd love to hear this because a fighter called henry cejudo who is currently challenging literally every female in the equivalent um weight weight group as him division yeah to fight him so he is a flyweight and he has been trying to get all of the female flyweights who are champions to fight him in an intergender champion. Wow. Yeah. And no one's doing it. I was just about to say, is anyone doing it? No. No <laughs> one's going to do it because, number one, there's so many ethical issues regarding that because he's been fighting for so long and so have they. I would love to see it. Yeah, so would I. Because I would love to see someone like Bullet, Bullet Valentina completely flatten him, but he's they're literally trying to do that now with the fighting. Hmm. 
So the whole, yeah, especially with like. Um, it's a very grey area. It's a grey area. And I think that for me personally, I think like people who are experts in the field need to be the ones making decisions. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be people who think they just see someone who has masculine traits and go, oh, well, they shouldn't be competing with the girls. It's like, well, there's so much more that goes towards that. Yeah. There is a woman who plays in the Sri Lankan netball team who is six foot ten, I want to say. Dang. Yeah. Freak of nature. She's 40. She's the oldest player in like the world in professional netball because she doesn't have to move that much because she just puts her hands out and then puts it into yeah. the hoop. So like she's a freak of nature. Is anyone going to say, oh, no, she shouldn't be playing because she's six foot ten? Like it's just if you have been blessed with those genetic differences, then you should be able to exploit them. Yeah. I think anyway. <sighs> but yes, that's damn great. It's, it's, that's the thing. And Joe Rogan, he, mm. I've got some opinions about Joe Rogan. I think he's a fantastic sports commentator. <laughs> I, qu- I quite love his podcast in the fact that, he doesn't claim to be an intelligent human, mm. but he loves to learn. Yeah. And I think that in itself is a wonderful thing. Um, he, his willingness to learn is astounding. Yeah. Um, but yes, there, there are a few. I don't think he's the greatest, but I think he's he's good at what he does. There's like so when it comes to like women's sport as well, like so many people are saying that they shouldn't be calling it women's sport anymore. It should just be sport. Like that's like this is a women's team, this is a men's team, like what yeah. the cricket have done. Um, and so many people have opinions about who should be playing what. Like now there's now a men's league in the netball. Mm. Um, and there always has been men's teams, but there's now there's like a men's league. Um, they're also fighting for the netball age. Like So when you play football, if you're 12, you have to go into a, like a single-gendered team. Right. If But if you're under that, you can play in a mixed gender team. Same thing with the netball. Um, but then now they're pushing for those things to be changed for the same reasons um, because of all the things that go around that. And, like, have you heard about what happened, what's been happening with the US soccer team? No. Is that the one that her, they've refused to go to the White House? Is yeah. that the one? Yeah. Yeah. So the US women's soccer team are the most successful soccer team. Um, women's team, but also as compared to their US counterpart, mm-hmm. like their men's counterpart. So the girls get paid. Um, this is not right off the top of my head, but I think they get paid. The men get paid like $13,000 to show up mm-hmm. and then they get paid more if they win. The girls get paid $7,000 to win and zero if they lose. And then someone was like, well, the men have made the World Cup four times. And they're like, we've won it like eight times. And so they decided to sue their own like bosses. Fair enough. So the entire team are currently in a legal battle with US soccer over their equal pay. Fair enough. Um, They won the World Cup again and it was interrupted by a local game. So like they, the broadcast started and then they cut to another game in the middle of the World Cup final. Um, and then... as kind of a F you. They were pissed. 
because like obviously these girls are still making money for US soccer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't US soccer that cut them. It was the broadcasting companies right. that cut them. So anytime there's a world there's a final of anything that always takes pre- like precedent, precedent over anything yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. So the fact that they got cut off was just like what the fuck are you doing? This is the final um of the World Cup, so like the best of the best. And they now they've been trying to argue with like to get their equal pay and mm-hmm. now they're at, like a stalemate. They can't actually get past it at this point in time. So whether or not these girls are going to be playing soon is going to be one thing because as a group they are very united on it um, and they will probably, I would say, strike and not Dang. play. Because they're pretty like – And then Trump's invited them to the White House and they declined, Te- didn't they? N- technically anyone who wins a championship gets an invite to the – white house mm-hmm. he said he's not inviting them to the white house and megan Rip- i'm gonna completely ruin her name Rip- Rupun- i don't know she's got pink hair she's lovely yeah. um she pretty much said i'm not going to the fucking white house wasn't one of them wasn't it broadcast where they had won a game and one of the players ran up to her girlfriend mm. and the broadcaster, the commentator was like, oh, and there she is going to visit her friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's happened with the um, Women's State of Origin game this year as well. There's two girls on opposing teams who are married and at the end of the game they gave us that kiss. Maybe that was it. Yeah, and I, um, the NRL took a picture and put it on their Instagram and it got completely ripped to shreds. But then two weeks later, they put one of um, Cooper Cronk kissing his wife and put it up and no one had any issues with it. And so everyone was like, keep the fucking photo up because like it's in the NRL. They're pretty good on that stuff, surprisingly. Mm. Um, But yeah, like there's always something about that. And also um, they've knelt for the national anthem. They've like these soccer girls, they've pretty much been the face of all of this – gender gap like the Good on pay gap and i'm just so like it's amazing to see them like that but um if you do have the time you should watch germany's video for um the world cup it's so funny it's them like them talking about how uh the first time that they won they got given a t-set and like how no one wants them to play and just it's just this like real, that's it's appalling a, it's a big fuck you sort of video it was like um we don't have balls but we know how to use them like that it's just it's wow this is incredible the soccer soccer is going a long way but yeah it's um isn't it right that the is it fifa they're the the mm-hmm. owners yeah aren't they a not-for-profit organization so they don't have to pay taxes I did not know that. Yeah. That seems like something FIFA would do. Mm-hmm. Sporting corruption's massive. There was a huge um, outcry about it when there was a World Cup a mm. couple of years ago. Yeah. If you watch, um, go onto YouTube and watch, just type in John Oliver FIFA and he breaks everything right, down and yep. it is mind-blowing. I probably avoided that because of the whole soccer thing. Because any mm. any organisation that has video game that comes out every year is a, not a non-for-profit. Like, yeah. So, but, yeah, that's pretty much what I got for sport. Um, there's so, it's, like I said, I could do like 50 different episodes on it because yeah. it's such a deep dive. Um, but, you know. You and I keep, t- like, picking really broad topics <laughs> because there's – 
you know, body image. You could go into yeah. so many things, sport, so many things. So I was like, and... I'll just break it down to netball and football mostly and just keep it at that. Because, yeah. Uh, but, um, like, the next season comes up soon. Preseason mm-hmm. starts soon. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited because I get to work at those games and trying to get my niece in. Mm-hmm. She's obsessed with football now. It's amazing. Yeah. So excited. It's proud. But yes, the reason I did sport instead of white supremacy is because I just felt like I've been talking about it in uni all week because we read the hate you give. Ah, uh, yes. So I'm like, let's just do this today Fair because enough. I'm like, let's fun. There's some, obviously there's some bad side, but there's also a lot of good side. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where it's quite inspiring. And I think that sport for me personally has been one of the things that is like, is very inspiring in in the way that I do things and the way that I've been able to connect with other people yeah. just by knowing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the AFLW, like it, it, it's insane. It's just so crazy. Like you have to go to a game; they're free. You just have to go to one game. Like it's it's like local footy. Yeah, but it's I'd like, like to actually. You and I should go together. Yeah, for sure. Bring Phoenix because they always do kids stuff. Um, oh, perfect. But yeah, they just it's just like this. It feels like local footy, but mm-hmm. it's like so much more, and there's just girls everywhere and mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing but yeah that's us so uh next fortnight's topic now i think okay. that you might be a little bit excited <laughs> about this i'm wanting to talk about uh murder rates with <gasps> women that's okay that's wrong for me to get excited um, it is <laughs> it's wrong for me to get excited but <laughs> be used to yes. I'll, I'll clear this up be used to actually run a true crime podcast so yes yeah so i would love 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 to that'll be a long one i think that's gonna be a long one yeah oh get prepared (laughs) i've got i've got so much information already i did a whole like three page thesis for my first year at uni literally just on domestic violence should we just read that (laughs) 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 we we could do an audio book of the thesis hi this is my thesis You've cut way out. I have cut out. <coughs> it's fine. I'm back. All right. That's us for this week slash fortnight. Yes, yes. And have a good fortnight. I mean, that's if we record next fortnight. Don't do a three-week hiatus like you uh, did last time. Yes, but there was reasons. There was, there's always reasons. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.